We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived, and we are only a few weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. So make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in their $100,000 Bracket Madness Challenge starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the best place to be there for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is, once again, I feel like I say this every show. I have to explain why Brian's not here. He's doing wedding stuff. The wedding is approaching this month. And then he'll be back to producing and being on and giving us little salary cap permutations and everything. Uh, but it is instead, it's me and our Sunshine Pumper slash Saucy Nuggets Insider, Lefty Leif. Yo, what's up? And, you know, Brian's really been stepping up to, like lately. He was talking more on shows than ever before. Really, I know, like, dude. Diving into analysis and salary cap breakdowns. We met. We miss Brian. 
Let me tell you, it's like a it's like a guy having a career year and a contract year, and then kind of going down with an ankle injury, right? Yeah, so like, now it's like, do we re up or like, what are we know, gonna do here? Are you gonna come back and perform at the level that you were <laughs> when you you know? It's questions, questions. Kind of like Tyler Hero. Is Tyler Hero gonna come back soon? I think I saw it. he might be back in a couple weeks. Is he gonna be performing at his level that he was before? I don't know. You know. Of course, of course he is. Because of the culture, dude. Because of the culture. So they're getting Tyler back soon. Uh, I was it um was it Will Manso that that put that out? I want to properly credit or maybe Anthony Chang. I don't remember. Um, I wish Brian was here. He would have gotten me that information. See, this is why we need our producer and co-founder. Right. No, I mean I, I heard that it was mid March. I heard that the Milwaukee game was kind of the target. Um, maybe it'll happen sooner because Tyler Hero is tweeting like he's happy. So hopefully that means good things. But. I'd heard the Milwaukee game was where they were trying to get him back. So that's that's not too far away. They would need him for that because that, that's going to be a big road test for them. Um, so last night, the Heat get a much-needed win on the road, albeit against a bad team, despite them playing down to the level of competition lately. And Leif, we are on this position that that was not just an important game for the Heat, but that was an important game in the trajectory of Bam Adebayo's kind of starness. Jimmy went down. It was a toe injury or a, a foot finger injury. I don't know what which which toe it was, uh, but Jimmy goes down. Miami is kind of you know really depleted. They don't have a lot of shot creation going on right now. Tyler's not there. Jimmy's out. You know Goran's doing Goran stuff, and he kind of struggled at times in that game. And Bam, the last uh, I know, David Ramil of Locked On Heat put this out. The last twenty five points, Bam scored or assisted on all of them. He grabbed the game by the horns and is like, I'm going to face up every single time down, which we've been wanting. We wanted him to do the Stottlemyre thing. He got, he asked for the ball in the mid post. He turned around, he faced up and he's like, I'm going to go to this basket. I'm going to get fouled or I'm going to score. And if you send help and if you send a double, I'm going to fling this ball around to the weak side and we're going to get open shots. And that's what, that was a superstar right there. That's what that was. He he scored or assisted on what? The last, the last or, 25 points. Yes, yeah, scored I mean, 11, assisted on 14. Like, I feel like with all these guys, um, if you think back to like Dwayne specifically, uh, Ethan wrote a really good piece that that had some parallels to Dwayne and Bam, and I know that that's really lofty shoes to fill. So it's almost like unfair to even go there. But I remember with Dwayne uh, or any great player that you get to watch come up, like there's these moments where you see like these signposts that say oh shit, like this, this dude is different. And last night I feel like was one of those nights for Bam. Like all of a sudden Jimmy goes down, we're looking really shaky and he takes over. And, and that's what we wanted to see from him. I think like he's still convincing himself that he can do that shit every single night. And nights like, like that game in Washington, like you see that and you realize that, you know, like this is the playoffs. Like as much as we talk about this being a really important playoff run for the franchise and, and getting to see them like compete for a conference finals, something like that. If you remember back to 0304 with Dwayne, like he was also like announcing himself to the league and you had players like Shaq say, oh shit, that's a spot I might want to go play. I feel like that this is going to be that kind of postseason for Bam. Like, and I, I think... I think it's important to note that he's finally looking at the basket because we've seen what he could do defensively. I mean, we've seen his chops as a passer. But I think what we've always wanted him to do was like, hey, Bam, the next step for you is to be a three-level scorer. 
Can you get to the free throw line? Can you create your own shot? Can you operate in pick and roll as a roll man? We knew that he could do the last one. He was a good, good roll man and a great screener. Can you create your own shot? Can you get to the free throw line off your own will? And last night, the answer was yes. And if you're going to be a star in this league, that's what you have to do. Think about all the great players. You know, if- honestly, like, as much as we want him to become a shooter, and I think that that part of his game is going to come, particularly with confidence and reps and, like, really him eventually saying, you know, I got this and and, and getting kind of almost uh, like he has to get arrogant with it a little bit. But even before that, um, just seeing him, like, handle the ball that's the thing with him is that I, I feel like that's the element of his game that can really accelerate this offensive stuff is let him handle like let him go to the basket and and face up and, and like he was doing Chris Bosch stuff at the elbow where you're kind of like pump faking and making moves around guys being really crafty with it uh and drawing fouls I mean it was just it was a perfect superstar performance and so the other guy I really want to talk about is because if, if Bam had a sidekick, quote-unquote, last night, it was Duncan Robinson, right? Dude has been incredible all season. I saw um, um, Albert Albert Namad put out the number that with the volume that he's shooting and the percentage, which is like uh, mid-40s, uh, only Steph Curry has done that on that kind of volume, which is like think about what you're – the greatest shooter we've happening? ever seen. The, they – and we've – Leif. We've said this so many times about the Heat that they can find guys and develop them and nurture them and give them the environment to succeed in order to become this, which is why you don't have to commit. You Like, we're going to have a conversation about Jay Crowder in the summer about should they extend him, should they not. There is no place that they should look at Jay Crowder as good and as much as we like him and as how he fits the culture, and you should not commit years and salary to that because, as we've seen, they can they can pull that out of everywhere. They can yeah. pull these – you know, you want the veteran presences on your team, and that's valuable. Like, teams need veterans to win. I, I, that's not disputable. We've seen that over and over again in this league. And every time you add stable veterans – look at look at, look at look at Memphis. They've kind of – their schedule has gotten harder. But when you remove two competent veterans from their rotation, they're going to struggle, right? Because this is a really – that's a great force, especially for a young team. But they can find guys like that anywhere, or they can rehabilitate guys like that anywhere. So and Duncan, Duncan is Duncan. like a whole different animal though. Cause he's literally like doing historic shit. He's completely locked up um, in terms of us being able to like really uh, build the team around him and then come back to him and still pay him what he's worth. I, I feel like those contracts that Andy has kind of started to make pretty uh, customary with all these guys where you get that last year, and it, uh, you know, gets that the full bird rights and all the the song and dance that comes with yeah. it. This would be another moment Brian would be good for. Uh, that this is huge with guys like Kendrick Nunn, with Duncan Robinson, but particularly Robinson because as we talk about like building a team with the perfect complementary guys, Duncan Robinson is that, and he may even be better than that with the way he's shooting. And like this is only his second year. Like, and the first year he played what eleven games. So let's. This is kind of really a, a rookie plus season for him, right? Unreal. Like, so there is so much room for his grown, his game to develop as a ball handler. As he's getting, and Nikias has pointed this out in his columns um, 
on Five Reasons Sports on the launching pad where he's, he's pointed out how Duncan is passing out of double teams when they double him coming off those those dribble handoffs and how he's hitting guys on the pass. That's that's like he's getting better and better at that. He's once he starts looking for the basket off the dribble, he's going to become a multi-dimensional scorer. Like you know, not gonna, not that he's going to be like James Harden or anything, but the fact that <laughs> if you're if you're a guy that can shoot at that level and also take your man off the dribble in closeout situations, that's that's huge. And Leif, to your point about those kind of Andy-friendly contracts, you know where I think they learned the lesson with Hassan. Uh, Hassan, you remember yeah, because because they were faced with having to use space to keep him. Yes, so they did not give him that that kind of friendly little kiss at the end that 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 they've done with Duncan and these other guys, so that he was became a free agent immediately because they didn't. I don't remember if it was that they didn't guarantee his contract. There was some sort of uh, cap permutation, and that's why he became a free agent, and they couldn't really. They couldn't even keep him with bird rights. They had to send him into space. Yeah, it was it was because they didn't offer an additional year, if I remember correctly. And let me tell you something. If that's what made Andy and those boys learn that lesson <laughs> yeah. and now have, have, you know, completely stocked the cupboard full, I'll take the Hassan the, and the entire experience. I'll sign up for it. And remember how that snowballed because they had to sign Hassan first because they needed to sign him into space. And then that created the whole order of operations of that free agency that really just affected them greatly. So it's really fun to think about how, how that happened. Um, I want to give you some numbers, right? So we're talking about Duncan and Bam. We're talking about Bam turning the corner offensively and everything. So um, when Bam and Duncan are on the floor together without Jimmy, it's about 400 minutes. They're plus three with a 114 offensive rating. Uh, which is incredible that they're winning those minutes without their best player. I mean, uh, 114 offensive rating, which is fucking outrageous. When Bam, Duncan, and Jimmy are on the floor together, that's about a thousand minutes. They're plus 11 net rating with an one, almost a 120 offensive rating. So they're blowing teams out of the water when those three guys play together. And those are your three best players. I mean, we had this conversation late in the show last week about who is the Heat's third best player, and I think you were right. We've You're come to right. it, it's Duncan, dude. Like we're here. Duncan Robinson is their third most important player, their third best player. And when those three guys are on the floor together, they're kicking teams' asses. It'll be really interesting as the playoffs come and and we really get matchup specific and head coaches can like hunt guys down. How they figure out a way to to keep Duncan in the game if they start picking on him defensively. And you just have to hope that when he gets into the postseason that he's unconscious from three because that usually just negates any of that bullshit on the defensive end. But, like, that's going to be a really interesting thing to see play out because that's the next evolution of Duncan Robinson. Can he stay on the court in the biggest moments, you know, in the playoffs when they're when you got guys picking on him and the rotations get short? So something that they can do, which might be a little interesting because now they have all these fun new wings to play with, like Iguodala and Jay Crowder that they can throw out. And something that they, instead of switching everything as they've been doing recently, and last night was interesting because they were playing Jimmy and Derek at the front court. So Derek was essentially the five, and they were switching everything, even oh, off yeah. ball screens. It's it like was roaming frantic. <laughs> um, when Duncan's into the game, you don't have to do that. You could play kind of a more traditional drop style, kind of like the Bucks. So you can park Bam to kind of contain the ball handler to give Duncan a little time. It's not ideal but it's better than having that kind of switch heavy offense um Leif I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a player combination that I just I've been looking at this number and it's pretty incredible when Bam and Jimmy are on the floor without Duncan do you think they're positive or negative slightly positive 
minus five net rate Jeez. in about negative. 500 minutes. It's pretty significantly negative. Mm-hmm. Um, 108 offensive rating, 113. Their defense actually gets worse, which is odd. Uh, that might just be a lineup thing. But he he's critical to what they do. Uh, like, he's Wayne Ellington on steroids. That Wayne Ellington I mean, that's here. the shooting thing. That's what he unlocks. And that's why he's – I don't think we've really debated much about him, his importance. It's more about, like, can he round out his game and actually be the third best player? And I think we've arrived there just watching him. And it's pretty unbelievable because if you know the impact the gravity that he has now like teams they're trying to to find him and he's still hitting shots and off balance stuff it's just it's jason capono in final form final shout form, out to christian final form jason capono so the thing that i look at right as as we're going forward and as as we're going into the playoffs is and and probably even more for next year that you're gonna have a ceiling with duncan as your third best player as much as we love him there's a ceiling right like for sure he he's a, he's a, he can be your best complimentary player. He she cannot be one of the linchpins of what your team is doing. There's a there's a ceiling, and I think this is about their ceiling. Maybe that he can do a little better. They get healthier, right? Um, but and it's it's a great ceiling. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this season has been incredible and really fun. But kind of looking forward, if you can even put him in a, in an even more like reserve role, he'll have even easier looks. Those percentages could even go up. And the more he adds to his game, I mean, that's really attractive to free agents and stuff. You know, we, not even Giannis, but other high-quality stars. We're going to want to consider all the national attention that Duncan's getting. This is basically what it boils down to. If you have Bam, Jimmy, and Giannis, and, and all three of them can't shoot, you got to have Hero and Duncan Robinson. It's perfect. Everything fits perfectly. So, you know, it's being built very strategically. In Riley, we trust. And dude, but like, it's not a small thing that guys like Stephen A. Smith are banging the table talking about Duncan and talking about um, about Tyler. Like, that's not because players watch that. I mean, we know that players watch inside the NBA, For like, sure. they, and they talk about it, right? Because they, they appreciate that, especially countdown with you know their peers, right? Like Paul Pierce and and Jalen and all that stuff. Like, players are watching that. Like, we well, know and that. It's taken a little while for everyone to start talking about Duncan Robinson. The funny thing with Tyler Hero is that, like players in the league were talking about Tyler Hero before he was even doing a lot of the stuff he ended up doing on the court. He kind of had a little bit of a of a reputation of being a sharpshooter and having a lot of the stuff that we've seen from Duncan. Duncan's been obviously a whole nother beast, but um but so it's fun to watch those two guys start to get recognized more because again, this is all about creating the most attractive destination for 2021. I hate to always look ahead because I am a much I'm very much an in the moment guy, but you just can't help but look forward because it's just like that 2010 off season. You know that you're going towards the spot where this goes from good to great. Man, and as far as gap years go, how much better does it get as a gap year when you're fighting for the two seed? Oh yeah, and their fucking we, uh, gap year is fighting a for a two win season. Seed. You know, you know, I was doing the math. It. It's almost guaranteed that they win. I think they have to. I think the worst they could go is like eight and nine or something to get to 50 wins. It was something like that. That they're almost yeah. guaranteed, unless they completely fall off a cliff. I mean, they're guaranteed at least fifty wins. This is yeah, insane. I mean, that's the, and you know there used to be a time where like Zoe got sick, and I'm I'm gonna try not to go too far back because I always show <laughs> my, my age, but whatever. Zoe got sick, and we were like, oh shit, what kind of season is this gonna be with Brian Grant, Anthony Mason, and those guys? And they won fifty. And back then it was like, oh shit, Riley can get fifty out of any team he coaches, and obviously that turned out not to be true. 
But there was a time when that's kind of like what the thinking was. And it's interesting to see Spo start to coach himself up. And, uh, and when he finally has a roster that's built towards him, that they're going to start to hover around that 51 mark in a, in a transition year. So in we welcome our very own anime lover and professional Photoshopper Brass Jazz. What's up, everybody? Pinch hitting. Uh, Brass really wanted to amend his take from last week where he said uh, he said an opinion about the Heat's third best player. And actually, we were just talking about that. So, Brass, the floor is yours. The amendment is here. Congress is listening. Heat Twitter yeah. Congress. So, last uh, last episode, I said that uh, Goran Dragic was the third best player on the team. I think it is really clear that it's Duncan Robinson at this point. I love I how mean, we do. We were Leif is like, you were right. Like, this is it. And I made the same amend. So. <laughs> Shit. I, I've been, Clean I've been slate sitting for with all that. of us. Uh, you know, cause I, I, man, like I, I know I had a couple shows this, you know, the last couple months where like, I remember one time they lost the game. I don't remember who they were fucking playing recently, but then I was like hitting <laughs> Duncan anybody. with like, you know, they're playing an away game and I'm like, ah, oh, Man, I really wish that he wouldn't like shoot that many threes at the end of a game because you know he he misses you know his his you know he's better at home than he is away. Fuck that! That guy is so good. Yeah. Let him shoot his sh- fucking shot, man. Let he's it go. So good. Yep. Let it fly, man. Let it he's, fly. There bro, we go. How Bring much the Mike good. Miller stuff? How much do you trust? Like last night, like Bam is going off. Bam is doing everything. How much do you trust him when he's coming off that pick and Bam sees him? Like I I trust that the most that they do right now. That's 100%. just money to He me. might be the best heat if fucking shooter in heat history. He is. He's shattering He's the record amazing. that Wade Ellington previously shattered. This yeah, team there, had there Ray Allen. Hold this on. team employed Ray fucking Allen. I got to keep rewinding. I said, I'm sorry. There was a season where Damon Jones <laughs> hit so many threes that it was unbelievable. Like literally the only thing he did all season was dribble the ball up the court so Dwayne could take a breath throw it into Shaq in the post and hit like 200 something threes. And he was, it was awesome. Obviously it flamed out at the end, but there was a time when we thought like, wow, what a season that was. This dude has what? Does he have 300 already? He's at 240. I believe it is. I mean, come on. It's just unbelievable. He still has 20 games to go. David insane. Go brass. No, I'm just saying it's insane. And I like, I just, I, I feel like I, I just, I reflected a little bit. I feel like I've been a little negative. Um, and that's not, that has not been my intention, but I feel it's probably come off that way. And that's just insane. <laughs> that guy is so good. Okay. Late. Right now. So in that season that you're talking about, Damon Jones, great, great year. 43%. He made 225 threes in so, a whole season. Yeah. So that, that number has gone. The Ellington season, which was so unbelievable in its own right out the window. Duncan and has, has 20 on games the to, to pile onto it. It's just crazy, man. So Duncan's it, done this in 64 games and Damon did that in, was it 82? Did he play all 82 that year? Good for you, Damon. Oh no. Yeah. 82. Damn. The league Yo, was, did, the league was different back then. He had four oh straight God, years yeah, of playing 82. Like, Woo! What season um, was that? What was didn't it? What I was retweet today? Some, some oh, four like or five. The, He's okay. the fourth highest percentage shooter if he finishes where yeah. he's at. Yeah, if he like, retires or, today. Yeah, yeah, if he retires today. I mean, uh, what is happening? Like, 
we need to, we need to create a list. Like I need to, I, I probably should write about this. Like all the guys that the heat have turned into three point specialists, the list is on like the Vashon Leonard's and even like Bruce Bowen, they found there's like so many guys. And now they just found another one. That's probably going to be like a historically great Wayne, every, Wayne every, in 77 games hit 227 threes at a 39% clip. Duncan is at 240 at a 40 fucking 5% clip. <laughs> out. And when Wayne did that, we were saying how out fucking rageous it was. Like they had reporters talking to Wayne about this historic shooting season he was having. And we were like, oh, you know, that's a once in a lifetime season. He's only had two years of culture too, Duncan Robinson. Like imagine a year, a year imagine and a decade games. of culture being pumped through the veins, what he'll be. He saw well, um, I, 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 saw... I will reiterate what I said last time though. This is a this is a very much an in-house guy. Every game that I have ever covered early on, Duncan is always out on the court, always shooting with Chris Quinn. He's always there just just rattling off shots. And last year, I mean, there was a lot of tough love there because you'd see him, you know, make they they would always play some sort of game, you know, where if he misses uh, you know, certain amount in a row, he's got to he's got to start all over again and kind of go around the key and stuff. Uh, you know, they they had something going on. Whatever whatever they were fucking doing, it fucking worked. Okay. But my my point is like, it's been. I mean, they have taken their time with him, and I mean, it's paying off a lot. Is it going to be this way going forward? Man, I, obviously I hope so, but it's hard to say. But but as of right now, it's it's not really showing signs of slowing down, and and you he's got the green light fucking forever. Last season, season in 15 games, he shot 28%, which is essentially Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> and now he's Steph Curry. That seems high for Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah, and Jim, Jimmy, like, before the season started, was saying, yo, this dude is a crazy shoot." Like, I remember in the introductory press conference, I think he named Duncan Robinson, like, by name. And everyone was like, hold up. Like, Wait, he what? came here, and, like, you think he's going to rattle off the usual suspects, and he calls out Duncan Robinson, of all people. So he had obviously been seeing him, uh, you know, shooting. Spo talks about him being the best shooter in the world. Um, you, you know, know what? it's going to be hard for Leif, me to not hope Leif, traffic around Duncan Robinson for a really long time. Leif, this <laughs> season, he's been. Because Steph ain't playing and neither is Clay. He's been the best shooter in the world. Despite him blowing the three-point contest. How dare he? He had one job. Um, you know, <laughs> like he... It's been so... It's been such a surprise. I think... Like, if we talk about expectations for the season, I think Derek is kind of on a trajectory that I think we thought, right? Like, I don't think there's any surprises there. Uh, Bam Bam took a leap. Would you, would, you, would you classify it as a capital L leap? Leap is not doing it justice. Come on now. Like, so capital L leap. He has arrived, and especially with the Washington stuff. I, I won't wax poetic about it, but damn. Like, that was uh, that was a signpost moment from Bam Adebayo last night. Like, I, he, it's not just the all-star stuff because I, I got to be honest with you. Like, just even though he made the all-star team and he's had a really nice year, the criticism that I look at is, can he score? Can can he can he do that in high leverage situations where they need him to? And the answer was yes. And and I, I don't want to, I don't want to hyperbolize a regular season game in Washington in in March, right? Like at the end of the day, Washington sucks. Their defense is awful, and Bam did that to a bunch of dudes that we don't even remember their name. 
<laughs> right? Like, That's you know, true. Like, he's not doing that to Giannis, and you know, he's not doing that to you know the Torontos and the Anthony Davises and all. You know what I mean? Like the elite defensive. He's like, it was it was fucking Washington in March. You know, on a Sunday. No, but the beauty of it is, though, like against Giannis, like he held him to what? What was that? Two for twelve or whatever oh, his shooting defensively. Was. Listen, we um, have so so it kind of shows that he can toggle back between like. Okay, tonight I have to just lock down Giannis, and I'm not going to be the offensive guy. And and then the next night, do what he did, like kind of the, whatever the moment called for. We obviously want to see it all from him every night, particularly against Milwaukee. But um, just seeing that, you know, game to game, it's been unbelievable. I wonder how much he talks to Chris Bosh because that what you just said, Leif, reminded me of kind of like Bosh. Like, what do I, what do I need to do? I'm such a versatile player as a big man. What the fuck do I need to do tonight to make sure that we get this win? Exactly. That's nail on the head, man. That's. Uh, I bet you they're talking a lot. I mean, Chris Bosh is texting with fans, so he better be texting with. <laughs> Bro, Brass, did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, I pre- really upset. bad idea. This is a horrible idea. Like, I almost wanted to text Bosh if he'd rather be the Sixers. <laughs> Bosh, who do you think Liz Warren should endorse? <laughs> Get his Yo, take. I don't want to know his answer. Imagine Yo. he gives me a voice message. So how do we feel about Justice Winslow making his return to the court? Honestly, like, if he had played right away from Memphis, it would have been weird, and fans would have been upset. I think this is about when it it, make, it makes sense to happen, right? Like, yeah. when, when we figured that he'd be out for a long time, we'd have, we, we were kind of speculating, okay, it'd be around mid-March or whatever if we see him this season. So it makes sense. Um, yeah, the the one thing that's interesting though, I just I can't shake it, is that when he was traded, a lot of what you heard from people around the team was that part of it was they knew he was not going to be available really in any real capacity for the balance of the season. So at that point, they felt like it made a lot of sense to not only get off all that money, but to have these more functional guys to see Justice playing now. I feel like, in my opinion, it's sooner than I expected, just based off those comments. Um, so it's just interesting to see him back now, and, and it makes me think about the what-ifs again. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? It's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter the size or shape, their shirts are perfect untucked length. With more than 50 combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. And just don't take my word for it. Try Untuck It yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns in all orders in the U.S. That's untuckit.com, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. And use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They miss. Like, honestly, in I think in a perfect world, you want him. Like, Jay Crowder has been incredible for them. And I think that's going to fall back to earth. Actually, Iguodala recently has really impressed me. I think when he gets limited minutes and now that he's really getting his legs under him, uh, he's he's improved a lot. And I think that it was a little unfair of myself to be really hard on him the first like two weeks of of his play here. Uh, But Iggy will win them a playoff game. Yeah, right. I was going to say he's he's going to he's going to come out in the uh, in the playoffs for sure. So I know that we've been harsh on the Heat defense, and we're looking at how that can improve. Uh, and I know that since, you know, we were looking at their numbers after their hot start in December, they were kind of in the 20s. The Heat are kind of hovering around 13th in the league right now. 
um, that being buoyed by their amazing start. And then the middle of the season, they had a really rough patch since uh, February 1st, which is around the trade deadline. They're about 15th uh, and it's improving every game, uh, which I think is really, really good. Um, I think that that's a trend to keep looking at. If you look at mid February, um, they're, they're climbing up, they're up to 14, you know what I mean? So they're, they're, they're creeping up defensively. They're kind of getting back. I don't think they're going to be an elite defensive team no, and, and they won't get to top 10. And I know Battier always watched that. He said that was one of the things he specifically watched for was to get, um, in the top 10 in both directions. And, uh, so they've got issues there. Like there's no running from that. There's no sugar coating it. There's no sunshine pumping around that. They have defensive issues, but um, they're improving. Those it's kind of my point. Like I don't know how much of that is the trades. I'm sure playing two veterans like Jay and Iguodala obviously are, are helping, um, especially when Winslow wasn't playing for them. But it's it's getting a little better, which is really encouraging. Uh, last year, that Heat team that was not that good was seventh in defense. I'm trying to look back if this is like Spolstra's worst statistical defensive team. Is um, it more frustrating to go through a season where the Heat can't score or where the Heat can't defend? You know, I think it's defend because – and Leif, it's funny because people on Twitter that are not watching this team closely like us are questioning if they can score. And they said, no, no, they defend. And I'm, and I'm just like, no, 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 that's the opposite. Because <laughs> it's like it's so ingrained in Miami Heat identity that this fucking organization defends at a high level with maximum effort and intensity. It's true because so many of the talking heads out there, uh, they, they still t- they clearly have not watched the Heat game at all this season, and they still talk about how the Heat is so great on defense, but, but offensively. Offensively, outside of Jimmy Butler, who do they have? I was like, have you watched a fucking Heat game? I would like to like 10 guys averaging 13 or more or whatever, something crazy like it's that. Unbelievable. Okay. Like, so not really, season, but what, what was the last time they had an offensive season that was, that was anywhere near this. So I'm going through, I'm going through their years year by year of, uh, um, I'm, they have been in the top 10 every single year other than this year. And I got to the 2014, 2015 season, which is the first post LeBron year where everybody got hurt and they were playing Tyler Johnson a million minutes. Uh, they were 21st in defense that year. So this is the only, that is the only Spo defense that has been worse every other year. Wow. He has been in the top 10, which is, is like really interesting. Also like incredible of Eric Spolstra. Oh my so, gosh. Yes. And something that I don't think is talked about on a national level nearly enough in terms of oh, what wait. Spolstra is as a coach. 11, unless you're reading bad stats. <laughs> 11th in, uh, in 2013-14, but like by a hair, by 0.4. Yeah. yeah but they, like, they, were, they, were, they were phoning it in during the regular season at that point. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, 2020. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going through, yeah, ninth the, the year. Yeah, so that, that makes the team success this year that much more impressive and fun and, and different too. Like that's another <laughs> element is that like as much as this is the same heat that we love and like they have all the attributes that you look for in a, in a good heat team, it's a different type of heat team than we've seen before. So that that's made for a refreshing kind of season. It's been interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going back. The, he's only been, this is the only the third time he's been out of the top 10. And one of those times he was 11th. Wow. Like that's, that's insane. I'm at 2000. Yeah. Even, even the year right before LeBron got here, they were six in defense. Wow. What about the offense? What was the last time they had an offense? Like, I don't know where, where are they this year? Uh, they're, they're like seven. Uh, so they're 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 adequate offensively. 
Yeah, Eric Spolstra's very first year, the Heat were a the 15th ranked defense. So, but they're the best three point shooting team in the league, right? Them or them or Utah or somebody like that has to be top from a percentage perspective, right? Am I crazy? I mean, I don't. No, check yeah, they're the, the best. Their 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 percentages. I don't know by volume. I'd have to check that. Uh, but I do want to clarify. Wait, so wait, Eric, wait, let me, let me, Eric Spolstra my, teams, I'm checking my notes. I'm checking my notes. Wait. Yeah, the Heat have Duncan Robinson. Yes. Okay, the greatest <laughs> shooter ever, according to Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. Um, so I, I want to clarify that the because I've been we're doing this live. Uh, so Eric Spolstra started his tenure with Miami in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, from then till now, which is about twelve years, um, he's been out of the top ten four times. One of those was eleventh. So just clarify. So, that's, so that doesn't count. That's the kind of also, defensive team. It was also team. the last year of the big three, so it didn't really matter. He's incredible. Yeah. yeah. You know, they like, could have if they wanted that's, to. That's this organization, always defending at a high level. And this is the only year that they're not, and it's weird. And they're good. They still show flashes. Like they do. And I think in the playoffs, I don't really know how if they have another gear defensively, and I don't really think they have an, any more – like. You guys are gonna get mad at me, but let's compare it to Nick Nurse in how and like. But hold on, hear me out. In how? Go ahead. Go ahead. Like Nurse, Nurse really holds a lot of shit in his back pocket, because and he'll try wacky shit in the playoffs. Like he'll try batshit, like the box and one. Like that's the stuff he does. Spolstra does all the wacky shit in the regular season to know what he's gonna do in the playoffs. So it's a so like everything that we've seen now, we know what the Heat's playbook is. Right, don't, like, un- don't underestimate the Spo zone, baby. They've gone away from the zone recently, uh, which has been interesting since the acquisitions, and they've switched. To, they've switched significantly more. That's was, how that, also, they'll pull it wait. back out in the playoffs to try to disrupt pace. Watch, like it's going to happen match at some Philly, point. If they match with Philly, would you rather match Philly or or um, or Indiana? Indiana. I kind of yeah. want Philly. I mean, I want Philly, but I kind of understand the Indians. They might get Philly if they're the three seed. To, can we back up just for a second? Because you said something that I just – I had to go back on my notes. I thought this was the case, but um, it turns out this is – I was right. Uh, you said – what did you say about Nick Nurse? That in the playoffs, da-da-da-da-da, he's sneaky. He does <laughs> How many years has he coached in the playoffs? Once. That's had mm. – <laughs> Wow! Yes, and he did. So, and he did. like, and don't he, out here and fucking Nick Nurse gaslight the audience here. Like, this is horse shit. He's Kawhi really, Leonard he's a really, he he's a really good fucking coach. Leonard. Okay, like Eric okay. Spoelstra is obviously an all-time one... great Hall of Fame coach. You know, Nick you're Nurse, out, you're Nick out here Nurse. saying Eric Spoelstra is a better coach than Nick Nurse. Yes, historically, yes. oh, he's been really sneaky. He's been. D- you're right. No, I deserve this. You're right. You're totally right. Historically, means gotcha. What? You thought because you had a couple of non-analytic cats on the podcast, you were gonna sneak that I one did. by? No, listen, no, it, no, no. Listen, it is honestly. I feel like I've been entrenched in Raptors basketball for what feels like an eternity. So yeah, I, I forgot that Dwayne Casey was there before. Yeah, the, I mean, also <laughs> side note, G's been trying to convince me that Nor- that Norman Powell would be third best player on the Heat for like the last two weeks now. He's on a heater. He's like scoring 30 a game, dude. It's We're sending crazy. that out to the audience. Tweet at, at us and crazy. let us know. Is Norman Powell the third best player if he was on the heat? Check his stats. Check his last like 15 games. The dude is on a heater, dude. It's Don't crazy. be a box score watcher. Oh, I, Listen, games. I'm watching him. 
Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on the rival Raptors. He's playing well. He's looking good. Um, Hoser. I kind of going back to the to the playoff stuff. I I really want Philly. Not not particularly because I think that Miami would have an easier time with Philly. Although I think Indiana is a series that it scares me a little bit because they they there've been some tough games without Depot that Miami has played uh, against them. And while they're clearly an inferior team to the Sixers, there's just there's stuff about them like they're big. Playing in Indy sucks. It we don't sucks. Want to play in Indy. They I just, said Indy earlier. I take that shit back. Bring the Sixers. I don't care if they're fully healthy. I don't like that building, dude. There's something about Bankers yeah, Fieldhouse. No. I don't like going in there. It doesn't feel good. I don't feel confident. No. I mean, we do have to point out that one of the most historic signpost moments took place with D. Wade in that building and UD. Which one? <laughs> so well, there, were there was a couple, but the specific one I was thinking of was uh, when – when Braun and Dwayne went nuts and we got the two one lead. I forgot what year that was now. They're all running together for that me. was that was the first title, so twenty twelve. Um but anyway, so there has been good moments in that building for but overall, historically, if you look at our record in Indiana, whether it's Market Square Arena or this uh you know, <laughs> Bankers Life Fieldhouse, they don't win there. So give me Philly. Let me tell you something, man. I will never forget it was game I think it was game four when Dwayne looked awful and him and Spolster are fighting on the bench and I'm thinking this is over Bosch is out this is over it's all done and then Dwayne gets a dunk at the half and everything everything changed the trajectory of this franchise changed with that dunk I don't think that's I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that if if that if that play does not happen, if that little backdoor cut and LeBron gets him going does not happen, I don't think they beat that Philly team. I think that Bosch probably gets traded. Something drastic happens. They don't win. They probably don't win two titles. God knows. Like there is so much. Jimmy Butler's not here. So much happens. The whole if, universe is different. The, the, everything is over for Miami. Um. That's crazy to think about how a single play probably changed the momentum of this franchise. Because and that's ban- gonna happen with Bam in the playoffs this uh, this season. I'm telling you, just like D Wade when he dunked on Jermaine O'Neal in the playoffs and hit that game winner against the Hornets. Like this is gonna be the out of bio coming out party, and you're gonna have guys not only Giannis but other guys say, "Yo, I want to go and play in Miami with that dude." And then obviously you have Jimmy and all the surrounding pieces. I mean, it's that's why I just can't emphasize this shit enough. Like, just enjoy this season because it's a transition year, and and just just wait. Here it comes. You know, Bam's person, like his personality. I I, I think we don't talk about how important that is enough. Like, have a likable star because guys gotta want to play with you, right? Not just for your on ball like on court skills, but like if you're boys with everybody. That that kind of networking matters in a way that it didn't ten years ago. Yeah, right? like, he was doing Riley Ninja shit with the Beal jersey on last night. Like, bro, that's, you saw that? that he put amazing. his Beal's jersey on. He's like, nah, it's honoring. I'm honoring Bradley Beal. Well, what's, what's nothing going on here? He's got it. All the all the marquee dudes that we want. He's tight with. Bro, he, like Beal and and Jan is like. I wonder yeah. if he's like looking at who we want. And he's like, I'm, I'm gonna be friends with them. Yep. To that point, Derek Jones Jr. is one of his best friends on earth. Mm-hmm. So just. Keep that in mind when there's negotiations this summer. If you have to extend a guy past 2021 and have one moderate salary on the books, just understand that's Bam's boy. 
My favorite is when Chef truly just like starts tweeting out Tyler Hero in Wizard's gear. <laughs> it's like he's out. Yeah, he's gonna will that into existence. No Bradley Beal trade tip. Oh. <laughs> 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 so inside, you know what's weird? Oh, I want to welcome in our professor scrub Alex Toledo, who's uh, what is it, thirty forty minutes late? What up? Yo, fashion well, be late. He's fashion be late. One of the reasons. The typical Cuban dude. Be My weird night doing schedule. another podcast. Be honest. Don't bullshit us. No, I literally just like woke up a half hour ago. I was just in the back, <laughs> you know, brushing my Cuban, teeth. I have a, the most Cuban I have a weird, time ever. I have a weird night schedule, but but no. In all honesty, I do have to p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do have to edit. I do have to edit a podcast after this, so you're not that wrong. Well, Brass, Brass called in because he wanted to amend a take. He's like, yo, can I call in? I got to I gotta reverse a take from last week. And I was going to say that and then bounce, but then Gianni started talking like pro-Raptor shit, and I had to stick around. Yeah, I know. He had to stay to it. Well, it was a pro It was pro-Dick Nurse stuff. He was being, I was, I, I'm being bullied online. Alex, we've uh, we've been very BAM-centric, BAM and Duncan-centric, so I want I kind of want to get your thoughts on BAM turning his superstar corner last night. I mean, it was freaking awesome to watch. Like, I was watching it. It's like, you know, I, I saw half of Heat Twitter complaining over the first half. When, Why isn't Bam taking more? Why isn't he being more aggressive? And all of a sudden, he finishes with that stat line. He, they go on such a huge run down the stretch, and it's pretty much all because of him, right? Like, he was the coordinator on both ends of the floor. He got everybody into getting the offense moving again. They were creating good looks. It was all him. It was all him. Like, the rest of the team was, you know, they finally – Started playing okay around him, but it was all Bam. And I feel like he could do this every game if he wanted to. I don't think we're there yet. I think it'll be like it'll be until next season when he really like starts doing something like that every game. Does it matter that he did it against someone called Thomas Bryant, or do we just not care? No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. It's about the reps. It's about winning games. He took him down the stretch and he won the game, and it was looking yeah. ugly. It was no, looking ugly. Bro, he did it, was it dicey. Situ- they had momentum, and he started initiating offense, getting to the free throw line, facing up, making dribble drive moves that are like not, you know, like those are the moments he shies away and he passes out of it. And he, you know, so I don't know. I, I feel like it didn't matter who the opponent was, and we've seen him do it like recently, the last couple weeks against multiple guys when he's not locking up Giannis. You know, like some nights you just gotta lock up Giannis and, and take the MVP out, but. You know, some, you know, if let's say that, life. let's say he shits the bed and like, this doesn't happen and they lose on the road to Washington for the second time this season. Like, no, what, blow it up. Blow what it fucking up. show are we doing today? Dude? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we talking about today? It's not hope traffic extraordinaire. It's, you know, yo, like I saw like pants, dude, he Twitter was fucking melting after the Pelicans lost. I'm just like, dog, you lose to Zion in a playoff hunt on the road. Like, that's not a bad loss. And everyone's yeah, like, ah. That- that that place has been electric for like three weeks now. Every game there is just crazy. I don't Fuck know. That. I, I was really building. surprised that people were, um, were so baffled by the fact that they lost that game because I I fully expected New Orleans to come in with all the momentum. Like that was, that's just one of them games, man. Zion is is attracting a buzz. Alex, I mean, was, every, every, Alex was he? shocked, but like prior to the season, like I mean, weren't we all looking at New Orleans going, man, that's gonna be a fun team. We were right. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just I mean, a good I team. Ex- no. I didn't expect Zion to get, like, every single superstar call, like, already, but it's happening, and get get used to it. Yo, the Pelicans are just a good calls. team. Bam's starting to get calls. That's True. another, like, signpost moment. When you see him get calls, He's not, the, he clearly didn't get fouled, but he still got the call. Big guys when the never fuck get... is it Duncan's time, man? 
You need that. You big love guys, needs that kind Big of guys love. never get those calls. Because big guys, ba- he's Bam's not strong. a big guy. He's a point guard. <laughs> point power yeah. forward. Wow, he's everything Ben Simmons is supposed to be. <laughs> and not way a, more. And not a coward. Uh, okay. I, I want to I, – now that we brought up the uh, the loss against New Orleans, like I think that we as a fan base are teetering on extremes right now, right? So, like, we're we're talking Bam fucking superstar turn, you know, Beals getting here, Bam jersey, and then the time before was doom and gloom. This team can't win on the fucking road. They suck. This is awful. What's going on? These veterans suck. Like, what's what? Why can't we decide? Why can't we as a fan base be level headed? Why? This why is how we do it? This listen, is how we do I it. Found it wasn't Kool-Aid. like that. I found the Kool Aid. If you guys want the Kool Aid, I have more of the Kool Aid. What flavor? Mm. Give it to me. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite flavor. I. This this fandom needs culture. This fandom needs to get a fucking grip. In the words of Pat Riley. No, you're 100 right about the extremes. Though it is kind of like, it still does amuse me because it's just like it, it's a huge back and forth after every loss. Like after that Friday loss, I couldn't stay on Twitter for more than like five ten minutes. <laughs> it was awful. I can't Dog, take it's it's big three PTSD. It's thinking that the whole world is watching us when they no longer are, but we still think they are because they were and pecking at us the way they did in the big three era. And every game was so important. Every moment was analyzed down to the very last second. So it's like, we still have PTSD from that. I swear that that's it. And then like Bosch went down and Wade left and it all broke up and it was like a flaming ending. So like all of that has just culminated in a fan base that just goes up scared. Scared. we can't <laughs> behave we can't behave they beat the bucks and nobody behaves and operating they... out of fear <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's, it's true fear bliss fear Bro. bliss wow they've just nailed it like i don't even think so you guys right. understand how much you nailed it no it's so fucking true you do though it's, it's the fabulous is 100 operating out of fear but it's been like this since the beginning. So I mean, even the even the big three, we'd lose some miserable games along the way, and the national media would like come come at us and and just and all oh, this team this is terrible, this is unacceptable, and then we're like, eh, it's a fucking regular season. So like in our minds, we're like <laughs> we were panicking then too, but we wouldn't let it be shown publicly because then we look weak to the national media. So and then all of a sudden, you know, shit happens, and you know, you start hearing it in the playoffs, but whatever. We won, you know, 50% of the fucking championships that, that you know, that era. But then afterwards, as soon as LeBron is gone, and, I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, the regular season meant something again. Analytics. And, man, yeah, it's been up and down ever since. We can't we can't behave. And then, like, the fan base, like, dude, they what, the last game before all, or the last time that they won, like, a big game before the Bucks was that Philly game that they just ran Philly out of the gym. And Heat fans were cocky. They were just fucking putting their dick on the table. Like, you right. know, we, we, we own this shit. We run this league. And then they fucking start losing to these awful road teams. And it's horrible. And the fan base is doom and gloom. And then everyone's like, are we mad at Jay Crowder for, like, finally shooting bad? Are we not? Like, is, is Iguodala washed? Then they beat the Bucks. We're happy. There's just been a lot of like really traumatic moments. Like if you walk 96 (laughs) miles into the woods with Hassan Whiteside, 
it's gonna say it's gonna take ninety six miles 96. to walk back out of the woods. I can't even remember a single loss to get from that out era. Of the woods that era was so fucking irrelevant. That We're I finally cannot... out of the woods. Am I the only one who caught what Leif was doing there? No, ninety six. Ah, <laughs> beautiful, excellent. Do you guys remember a single uh, bad loss from that era? Because I I can't. The, the big three era? No, the whole Hassan era. That's all just kind of blended into nothing. Oh, I mean, just the Kings, the Magic, the Knicks. I mean, oh, the same, every, ma- always every Magic, every yeah. Magic yeah. game. What, what white center? Vucevic had his number. Like make him look silly and turn around. Alex Len. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. What? That was the Kelly. guy, right? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure He's Cody Zeller. Olenek. Yo, Olynyk got paid because of what he did to Hassan, right? Yo, Kelly's been fucking awesome. Yep. Like, he's been incredible. Like, I don't think, like, they've turned a lot of this around in part because of Kelly. Do and you because... think, he, I think we touched on this before, but just now we have Alex here too. So, like, do you think that eventually KO could end up, like, when Myers is back and, and Hero is back, you think DJJ stays in the starting lineup? Or do you think the KO jumps in? Like, what what's going to happen there? Uh, me and Ethan have been talking about that for the past couple of weeks. And I'm a little bit like, I really don't know what to make of it. I think, like, Spo has been kind of creatively finding minutes for djj but that's only because the two guys are out uh and kelly is playing so good you kind of want him out there you do want myers back out there ethan suggested something that i'm kind of think makes a lot of sense that they're going to bring myers back slowly and maybe give djj more minutes to start off with because myers has been out for so long he's already kind of you know a slow player when he's healthy so you know maybe he doesn't look that great when he comes back and they kind of ease him in but at the same time it's like derrick jones jr is their one uh, you know, point of attack defender that isn't Jimmy Butler. So they're what are you going to do? They're using Jay a lot in that role now. He is not of a point of attack defender. I don't like it. I, I really don't. He's too slow. It's Yo, okay. if Ethan said that about Myers Leonard, he must know that he, that Myers Leonard is reading the tweets, but he ain't listening to the podcast or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> do you think Good. that they I, – I thought that they could Luke Babbitt Myers, that they kind of start him for halves and kind of see how it goes. And then the oh, rest yeah. of the minute allocation is is for that makes sense. Yeah, I don't like Derrick Jones Jr. starting, man. I really don't. I, we we talked about this a million times. We don't got to go over it again. <laughs> we don't, don't want go <laughs> to go deep. He is a roller. That's the point. That's my point. But at the end of the day, he's not good in that starting lineup, roller or not. Like Alex, just, how happy were you when he got to play the five? Oh my god, it was awesome. You should have seen me. The, the first time they did it was uh, against Minnesota at home, and Minnesota was running that that small lineup. It was uh, I think it was James Johnson. It was uh. What's his name? Hernan Gomez was playing the five, and the rest of them was like uh, some guards. They threw DJJ out there and just kept using him as a screener and roller, and it was just my heaven. I'm like, wow, this guy could be dunking on everybody every play if he wanted to. <laughs> That's gonna you be know, big in the in the Boston series. Like if they play Boston in a series, and if they downsize and put Smart at center because they don't want to play Cantor um, or Tice. That's going to be something that Miami's going to be able to go to in their back pocket. That uh, that's going. There's be almost no way they could play the Celtics at this point, right? I mean, yeah, if they win. If they get to the to the three, well, yeah. I mean, I, well, you're round. I mean, the, the Eastern Conference round. Final, baby. Yeah, I think it will be the Conference Finals because yeah, you get the three, you play Toronto listen, second round. Listen, we're gaining on that you get one Milwaukee. Seed. The way oh, things yeah, are going, right. we're gaining on that one seed, fellas. I mean, the Celtics could maybe have an injury. And so, I mean, Kemba, Kemba doesn't look. What'd you say? We're gaining on that one seed. <laughs> Milwaukee's free falling. Boston lost what four out of five. Giannis is out. The Raptors, we all know they're frauds. Raptors are, up, Raptors are up eight at Let's fucking go. six now. <laughs> Look at that. Climbing. 
Um, yeah, you're right. I guess I guess that that matchup doesn't matter. Excuse me. Good, because we didn't match up well with them anyway. They scare hmm. me. I think that's the team other than the Bucks that scare me the most. That, you scared of the Heat eliminating the Raptors and all the Heat Twitter were coming after you, bro? Like, you know, um, Iman from Dishes and Dimes, a great podcast. Check that out. Uh, all Women Raptor Show. They, uh, she, she was. I was talking to her about like, yo, if they he play the Raptors, that's a series that I don't know if it's good or bad for my career. Because if it happens, I'm going to be the one with the most unique perspective because I watch every game of both teams. And also, like, everyone's going to fucking hate me on Heat Twitter. So I, I can't win. So I don't know if it's it good or good. bad. It would be good if you didn't root for either publicly and just kind of leave it ambiguous. I think that would leave everybody, like, kind of – I don't know I don't know what the, yeah, how to feel. I don't know if I should make fun of him be, or come at him. Yeah, you're like the Elizabeth Warren of the NBA. <laughs> 